Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps, because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Greetings, humans. You have entered the command zone, your destination for all aspects of Elder Dragon Highlander. Enjoy your stay. Baby, I compare you to a kiss from a rose on the rain. Ooh, the more I get a view, a stranger it feels. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we both can't be the backup singer. <laughs> well, you're used to just singing in the shower where you sing all the parts. Yeah, it's a good point. I like all of it, obviously. Now that your rose is in bloom, a light hits the gloom on the rain. All right, this entire show is gonna be musical now. Is that like when ER does like the musical episode or whatever, or you know, I don't know, Buffy does the musical episode. Everybody does their live episode, musical episode. There's a horror episode. If we had to do a full musical episode, it'd be a disaster. It'd be so much. All right, hey everybody, how's it going? You are listening to the Command Zone. I'm your host Jimmy Wong. How's it? It's Josh Lee Kwai. Uh, and today we have our Kaladesh set review, one of the many set reviews that we have not yet done. We have yet <laughs> this to do one's on time, two. though. Yeah, that's true. Conspiracy, we are going to do it because we need to for posterity. But um, <laughs> yeah, here we are. We are recording this on Thursday. Tomorrow the set will be fully spoiled, but we want to make sure that you know we have the set review out when the set's still like on every, the tip of everyone's tongue. So yep. we're going a little bit early. There's going to be a few cards that we won't cover because they're not spoiled yet. Um, one we know for sure is the white legendary creatures not out yet. Yeah. Uh, that'll probably come tomorrow at some point. So we'll talk about it on the next show. Um, so there'll be a couple cards that we probably don't talk about, but in and general. this way, you also know what to trade for on pre-release night. Heck yeah. Yeah. What awesome promo foil you hope to get. <laughs> Speaking of promo foil. Oh boy. Yeah. Yeah. So let's go right into the set review here. We're not going to waste a lot of time. These shows are long. We need to start talking about Kaladesh by actually talking about what's called the Masterpiece Series. Now, this is a new thing they're going to do for every set now. It's basically Expeditions. Yep. Uh, Expeditions have returned, but now they are going to be called something different each time. They're called Expeditions back in Battle for Zendikar because it was like going on an expedition, I guess, and you could get... They were all land originally, yeah, so it kind of made sense. Expedition land. I mean, it's always called the Masterpiece series, mm-hmm. and then Zendikar was Expeditions. Kaladesh is going to be Inventions. Inventions, because all of the people, the Kaladeshi people are inventors, if you guys have been paying attention to Vorthos. So 
each set from here on out are going is going to have premium foils, which is pretty nutty, I think. Um, so the odds of opening one are going to be the exact same, uh, but it will it it's, may change in future sets according to tomorrow. Yeah, I th it, right now they say the odds are about one in four booster boxes. I think that's a little. That's a little more rare than it was for Expeditions. Oh, really? Yeah, I it's, think... It's supposed to be about the same as opening a foil Mythic. So it's a, one in 144 boosters. Oof. So you're not going to crack them too often. They're going to be legal and limited if you open it. But the inventions in Kaladesh are... They're always going to be themed to the set that they're coming in. So from Kaladesh, it's an artifact-based set, essentially. Uh, so it's going to be a cycle of 30 artifacts that are uh, thematically themed to originate from Kaladesh. Right. Not all of the artifacts will actually be from the set Kaladesh. In fact, most of them aren't. So there's 30 in the cycle or whatever we're calling mm -hmm. it, cycle, I guess. Five of them are actually from Kaladesh set, which is very similar to Expeditions. If you recall, the uh, Havlands yeah. were part of the cycle. But then there was a bunch of, all, you know, the Fetchlands were in there, which aren't originally from that set. Um, and this is very similar. So for instance, there's a Gear Hulk cycle, which is a cycle of artifact creatures that all have Enter the Battlefield effects. Um, those, that's from Kaladesh. Those are also available in these inventions or masterpieces. And then there's 25 other cards, which are all reprints, and they're kind of crazy. Yeah, they're all, almost all, I'd say a large majority of them are EDH staples. Yes. So Soul Ring is getting a reprint. Mancrypt, again, is getting a reprint, but now in sweet, awesome new art. In full foil, scroll rack, the sword series, sword of feast and famine. Oh my gosh, it's pretty crazy. Mana crypts coming back. Oh, you said that mana vault, mm -hmm. mana vault, right? Um, Crucible of worlds. There's solemn simulacrum. We're calling it Darth Solemn. I think. Yeah, because it looks Darth like Darth simulacrum. Darth, Darth something. Solemn. I like Darth Solemn. Uh, and so there's gonna Jimmy. be thirty. <laughs> Yes. I am your father. Draw a card when I die. <laughs> um, there's going to be 30 in Kaladesh and 24 in Ether Revolt, which is the small set of the two. Uh, Morrow has a full outline about why this is happening, their reasoning behind it, and the, uh, the probabilities and all that. We'll link to it. Um, and we'll probably talk more in depth in the future, but Josh was actually on an episode of Brainstorm Brewery talking about the impact of these cards on prices. Yeah, so the most recent episode of Brainstorm Brewery, we go into a big discussion about masterpieces, how they're going to affect the economy of magic, especially the prices of cards that aren't the uh, masterpieces, that aren't mm -hmm. the inventions. And, you know, I was a little bit wary, hesitant about them when I first heard about them. For one, I was like, oh, man, they kind of make expeditions feel less special. Now that they're going to do it all the time, I'm not that excited about them. I think everybody knows, uh, that follows me on Twitter for sure knows, that I chased a lot of the expeditions in Battle for Zendikar, opened a lot of boxes of that stuff. That you did. My girlfriend was very lucky about pulling them out. I think I, we opened like 32 boxes, and I think we got around 19 or 20 expeditions. Oh, geez. Um, yeah, so the ratio we were getting was very good, which is why we just kept cracking them. But I'm, I, I was saying, well, I'm not going to do that again because they're going to do it all the time now, and it just doesn't make sense to crack that amount. Like once in a while, once five, every five, six, seven years, I could do it, but I can't do it like five times a year. So um, my initial reaction was, I don't know, you know, is this really going to lower the price of standard cards, which is what everybody's saying? Because if people are like me and they just are, this is going to happen all the time, I'm not actually going to buy extra packs. And then Corbin and Jason Alts, uh, and they have a new sort of, I don't know if he's technically all the time guest host or not, but mm -hmm. DJ is the guy's name on Brainstorm Brewery. Um, they kind of explained it to me, and they have some really good reasoning about why it will lower the price of standard. And by the time our discussion was over, I was like, you know what? That makes a lot of sense. Yep. Um, I think it will 
lower the price of the standard cards. So the rest of the cards in the set that aren't the inventions, I think those prices will be brought down, kept a little more in check. They 100% will be because yeah. it happened with the Expeditions of Malfoy's and the car and an Oath of the Gate watch. Like all of those like major money cards that were, that cost a lot that were in standard and modern cost less because the expeditions were there. So Yeah, I don't want to go into too much detail. You can listen to that episode of Brainstorm Brewery, but the long story short version is that because the price of a box is always steady, right? The the store gets the price, the box prices for the same. If the EV of the box, which is the expected value, goes up, you know, very high above what the cost is because of these inventions, then stores will just start cracking them open and selling what's inside because that's actually more advantageous to them as a business. Mm -hmm. So what will happen is the inventions will soak up a lot of the cost of that box and then they're able to sell all the standard legal cards like Chandra and some of the other ones at lower prices just to move them because the inventions soak up a lot of that value. So we go into a lot more detail on that Brainstorm Brewery. I would encourage you to check it out. I'm sure we'll discuss yep. um, this card type again in the future because it's very flashy and exciting and a lot of people want them. So Corbin also wrote an article about it. So all those links, of course, below. Now, before we get into our actual set review... Speaking of masterpieces and inventions... It's time to talk about a sponsor for the show. It is CardKingdom.com, and a very exciting announcement this week. They are going to be giving away a complete set of the 30 Kaladesh Masterpiece Series inventions. Every single one of them is going to be given away, all 30, to a lucky winner. And all you have to do to enter is you can go buy a box of Kaladesh uh, by October 3rd, 2016, or just send them a self-addressed stamped envelope... And again, if you're going to go buy a box, use our affiliate link, which is cardkingdom.com slash command zone to show them that, you know, you came from us. It's not going to help you win anymore, but it'll also help support the show. Uh, and the drawing is going to be held on October 10th on Card Kingdom's Twitch channel. Uh, I believe it's going to be a Monday. So just go to cardkingdom.com for more info and actually go to cardkingdom.com slash command zone for more info and to find out how you can win every one of the Kaladesh Masterpiece Series inventions. Yeah, I mean, you're probably going to order some Kaladesh like I'm going to, so you might as well try to win one of each copy of the Masterpieces because that value's got to be insane. Also, like, I want those. Yeah, and if I somehow buy a box and win, I'll give it away to a lucky viewer. <laughs> I don't I'm think, 100% serious. I'm not a, I don't know if I'm we're eligible, sure. I think we're probably not eligible because <laughs> it would look weird if one of yeah, us like, won. Yeah, like, and congrats, Jimmy. Dang it, uh, dang it. But I hope one of you out there wins. Agreed. All right, let's jump into the set review. Yes. Um, we should say right away also, not just that the spo full spoiler is not out, but also we're not going to talk about cards that are pretty obvious. Mm -hmm. So if it's like, yeah, put that into your artifact deck, we probably won't talk about it. We also um, probably won't talk about, you know, cards that are just sort of like, eh, there's other cards that have done that in the past, or there's better, you know, obviously better cards than that. So Yeah, but if we did miss anything egregious, and of course, because we only know 176 of the cards in the set as of, as of this review, just send us a tweet at CommandCast and let us know. Okay, let's talk about the new mechanics. Uh, before we get into the new mechanics of the set, big shout out to Limited Resources that does a mechanic show every single time a set comes out for all the limited players, but it's also super useful for anyone that just wants to know more in depth about how the rules interactions work, and as an EDH player, they always get my mind going. Uh, so make sure, make sure to check that out. They usually do it with a judge as well, which is pretty cool. Yeah, I haven't, I haven't listened to that one yet, so if I get the rules wrong, it's not their fault. I was going to say blame Marshall, but yeah. But I just, I was going to say that, and I was like, wait, what I just said doesn't work to blame him. Dang it. <laughs> blame me. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so the first mechanic that's new is called Fabricate. So it usually occurs on creatures. It will say Fabricate X. And then what that means is when the creature enters the battlefield, you choose either 
X number of plus one plus one counters onto that creature or create X number of colorless one one servo artifact creature tokens. So it either, like let's say it's a two one with fabricate two. When it enters the battlefield, you can either put, make it a uh, four three mm-hmm. or you can make it a two one that comes with two one one uh, tokens. Yeah, uh, it's actually a pretty cool ability for limited. I think really where it applies for us EDH players is that you're making a number of 1-1 one, one colorless artifacts, and there are a lot of cards that are like, if you control this number of artifacts or whatever. So that's the kind of cool thing about it. Otherwise, I think it's mostly, we won't see it too much in our set review. Yeah. Uh, the next mechanic are Sweet. vehicles. Vroom, vroom. Uh, it's not really a mechanic. It's just sort of a new card type. So it's an artifact, and the vehicle is the subtype. So it'll say artifact-vehicle. However, it has a normal casting cost and creature stats. So it'll say 6-1 or 5-5 or whatever, however powerful it is. But the creature is not... The card is not a creature until it becomes crude, which is the next real mechanic. So crew says crew X, and the X is any number, and it says tap creatures with power equal to or higher than X, and this artifact becomes a creature until the end of turn. So if it says crew 5, you need to tap any number of creatures with power total 5 or more, and then the vehicle turns on and drives away and it becomes a creature, either on defense or offense. Um, this mostly, I think, has a lot of synergy with, with creatures that want to be tapped and untapped in magic, like Gilderbaran. Yeah, That's I think that example. I think it's actually really good usage for us for specifically that. Think of like King Makar, mm-hmm. who's got the inspired mechanic. So you want to tap King Makar because you want him to untap, but he's not very big. So sometimes you can get into these situations where, well, it's hard to attack with him, but I really want to tap him so that he'll untap and I can start uh, blowing stuff up. And crew allows you to do that without putting that creature in danger, yeah. which is pretty interesting. And also, you'll notice that it says, tap any number of creatures with power equal to or higher than whatever the crew cost is. So if it's got crew one, it doesn't matter. You could tap all your creatures for it if you feel like it. Yeah, uh, it, that will be a very, it'll be like one of those clown cars. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but you can do it just to get your creatures tapped, which in fringe scenarios, I can see I can see King Makar decks uh, mm-hmm. for sure. And there's probably some other ones that want just the ability to tap their stuff. And also, you know, it does turn stuff into a creature, and some of those creatures have abilities. Um, We'll talk about one of the really good ones later. So it's a pretty interesting mechanic. Also, I know the Revan Fuego is going to build a Mad Max deck now that there are vehicles, and so that's just sweet. I want to do it, too. Uh, I forgot who said it. I think Gavin said it, but Weapons Trainer from one of the earlier sets. It looks exactly like like Furiosa. Furiosa. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Done. Sold. Build that deck. All right. Uh, one more cool n- mechanic. This one's really interesting. We were talking about before we re- started recording. It's energy counters. So this is a new in-game resource. It exists in the same zone as like experience counters. So off to the side. Yeah. <laughs> you can't interact with them. Or your opponent can't. Especially experience, energy kind of works like mana in that it's you spend it. So cards will have certain abilities that cost certain amounts of energy counter. Uh, they will also generate energy counters. So it's like. Over here to the side, you'll have like an energy token or symbol, and you just maybe put a dice on it and say, I've got six energy counters. Mm-hmm. And then when a card says, well, you can spend the energy counters to do this, you can spend it. The only difference I'd say, well, not the only difference, but one of the big differences is that how mana goes away between phases, energy counters won't. So it's just a resource that you gather and then spend. Mm-hmm. Yeah, pay X energy to do this. Yeah. Um, and it doesn't have a number next to the energy. It'll just show literally how many counters of energy you need. So It's a little annoying when it gets to like six, seven, yeah, eight. Yeah, because you're like, how many is that? Yeah, I wish they would have just put energy times, whatever. Anyway, that's a little little gripe. Um, 
It is going to be interesting. We're going to talk about that further, too, so I won't go into it too yep. heavily here. The set also, it's not a mechanic, but it's very heavy, heavily artifact-themed mm -hmm. uh, because it's about inventions and creating cool inventions. And so there's going to be an abnormal amount of artifacts that are good for us, which is actually awesome because there's a lot more cards that sort of go in a lot more decks because we're not as worried about color for a lot of them. So, yep. All right, well, it's time to start talking about our cards in the set review. So starting up, we're going to go with Legendary Creatures, and there's two categories for this. There is the Multicolored and the Monocolored Cycle. So we're going to start off with the Multicolored. Uh, it's not a cycle, but there are a few of them. First up, we have Rashmi Eternity's Crafter. I'm oh. told by Shivam that this is actually pronounced Rushmi. Rushmi. Oh, okay, yeah, it's the, the A is not as uh, Western, I guess. Rash, Rashmi Eternity's Crafter. I don't know. I'm just going to trust him on that because he usually knows. Rushmi. All right. Uh, don't rush me, Josh. Sorry. Uh, it is two green and a blue for a 2-3 legendary creature elf druid. Everyone's excited about this one. Whenever oh, you cast crazy. your first spell each turn, oh, gosh, reveal the top card of your library. If it's a non-land card with converted mana cost less than that spells, you may cast it without paying its mana cost. If you don't cast a revealed card, put it into your hand. So you can do this there, every single turn. Yeah. A lot of people are calling this, like, the Cascade guy because it's, it's – and it's a girl, but um, – because it feels similar to Cascade, but it's mm -hmm. actually better than Cascade, kind of? I guess not, but it's it's different in that if the casting cost is higher, you just draw that card. Mm -hmm. So, I you mean... You just get it, which is great. Yeah. Somebody was asking me on Twitter, what do you think, you know, will Rashmi just be like Simic good stuff? And I was like, no, what Rashmi wants you to do is cast your spells on everybody's turn so that you can trigger this more often. Mm -hmm. So what you really want to be able to do is a lot of instants... And, cantrips. and stuff that untaps your land or gives you a lot of mana available on other yeah. people's turns. Leyline of Anticipation, Vidalcan Orrery, so that what you can do is, because it's the first spell you cast each turn, so you don't really want to cast four spells on your turn. You want to cast one on yours, one on Craig's, mm -hmm. you know, one on Megan's, one on Maria's turn, and then you got four, quote-unquote, Cascade Triggers. They're not Cascade Triggers, I know, but I don't know what else to call them. I can't believe we're playing with Megan Maria. They never play EDH. That's so exciting. But I think we can get them. Yeah, I think, I think we so can too. hook them. So I mean, the big thing is that you can cheat out cards. If you cast a six uh, CMC card and you pop over a, a fiver or you know a four or a three or a two, -er, you cast it for free. Otherwise, you just draw it. That's the big thing for me is that it's not like oh, it gets exiled if or it was a red miss, ability. Yeah. You miss. Yeah, it's like no, you get the card no matter what. So you could build the deck with a lot of stuff like Gitaxian Probe or just like things that are going to draw you a card and then you get two cards for every single card that you pay into oh, it that's gosh. a cantrip and you just start going off. Like Brainstorm turns into this nutty little thing too. It's This is crazy. I think I think it's insane. It's just so much value. And what do we always say? Cheating of mana cost, one of the most powerful things you can do. Well, anytime you're just flipping cards over and casting them for free, that's cheating of mana cost. If you take a five mana spell and you get 10 mana worth of spell from it, like... Yeah, just doing that once is insane. If you do that, you know, on three turns in a row, like that seems crazy, crazy, crazy to me. Um, yeah, that that card seems insanely powerful. The next multicolored, yeah, the next multi. Well, this one, man, we've seen a lot of cards that are for this particular archetype. This mm -hmm. archetype feels like it's getting very strong. So it's uh, the next multicolored commander legendary creature is Cambal. Console of Allocation. I'm going to take a stab based on Combo. Rushmi. Combo. Combo. Yeah. Okay. It's uh, three mana, one white, black. For a 2-3 legendary creature human advisor, whenever an opponent casts a non-creature spell, that player loses two life and you gain two life. 
So anytime any of your opponents cast something that's not a creature, you drain just drain two. them for two. Every single time. It's not like the first non-creature spell of the turn. So against Rushmi, Cumball uh, is like, hey, give me all of your life, please. You're gonna, <laughs> yeah, you can only do that a few times, then you're going to die. Yeah, they're, they're just staring at each other. Um, <laughs> I don't know if this is... Listen, it's extremely, extremely powerful in uh, Uncle Carl and Ailey the Eternal Pilgrim. Probably a Loro. These are the. This is the archetype that lately we've seen a lot of push towards, which is mm-hmm. these life gain decks. Um, and this is just making it even stronger. Those decks are already pretty strong. Yeah, the card's really good. I think it's it's not a great commander, but it is certainly very good in all of those white black decks that have all popped up in the last like year now of like Ailey. They just keep feel like they're getting stronger and stronger. There's even a couple other cards in this set that are. Uh, for those archetypes, which we'll touch on later. Yeah. The last multicolored legendary oh, so creature that we know about at this moment is Dapala, Pilot Exemplar. She is one, a red and a white for a 3 3 legendary creature, Dwarf Pilot. Other dwarves you control get plus one, plus one. Each vehicle you control gets plus one, plus one, as long as it's a creature. And then whenever Dapala, Pilot Exemplar becomes tapped, like by crewing something, maybe. You may pay X. If you do, reveal the top X cards of your library. Put all dwarf and vehicle cards from among them into your hand, then put the rest onto the bottom of your library in, in a random order. So she draws you cards in Boros. Woo, we got there. We did. This is definitely, I. this is my vote for the best red-white commander. I mean. <laughs> outside of Archangel Labs. Gisela's still pretty good. I just think this is interesting in it and will make your games a little bit more fun because yeah. most of the Boros games that I've played, either against or with, there's just a point in time where the Boros just runs out of gas and they're just sitting there hoping they draw cards. Mm-hmm. And Dapala gets you out of that situation pretty She's easily. She's so great. I also, love her to death. Also, one thing you should note about crew, and we didn't talk about it earlier, is that when you crew the vehicle, it doesn't matter if the creature that's crewing it is has summoning sick or mm-hmm. sickness or not. So you could, if you had a, a vehicle out, you can play Dapala and then use her to crew the vehicle, even though she's got summoning sickness. Now the vehicle, that's where you have to worry about the summoning sickness. Yeah. So if it doesn't have haste and you just played it this turn, then you can't attack with it. I think you can still crew it though. Yeah, you can definitely still crew it. Yeah. It just turns into a vehicle, a creature, and then it turns off. At the end of their turn. So DePaula actually gets around, because I'm assuming you're going to put a bunch of vehicles in there, mm-hmm. that problem where you'd also have to wait a turn to use her you know, later in the game if she's died and gone back to the command zone or whatever. But now if you have uh, an equipment out, you could actually get her tapped and draw cards like right away. Yeah, she is a double lord, which is exciting because yeah. it gets vehicles and dwarves. Yep. Um, dwarves have been around for a very long time. So I would That's, love to see a dwarf deck. <laughs> I mean, we had one. Eli, our old editor, had one for a while. It's the tough thing about dwarves, and I'm hoping Aether Revolt will will help solve this a little bit, is that there's not a ton of really great ones. Mm-hmm. So you end up, if you're building a deck full of dwarves, you end up with, you know, you sort of bottom feeding near the end where you're just like, well, it's a dwarf, I got to put it in, but it's not great. <laughs> so I'm hoping we can just get to that critical mass of dwarves where this deck is 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 something. But honestly, like... That's a deck I might build. It might be the first Boros Commander where I'm like, okay, I might, I could build that deck. That yeah. deck sounds like it'd be fun to play. Let's see what happens. Yeah. Um, so there's been a lot of hubbub about this. We'll briefly talk about, but there is no blue red legendary card, a uh, creature card, uh, like an artificer of sorts. Um, and Mara posted about this on his Tumblr. Basically, because Sahili Rai is here, and we'll talk about her later. She is a blue red 
essentially legendary creature, but in this case, she's a planeswalker. Uh, they, that spot in the story and the Vorthos of Kaladesh was fulfilled. So the blue-red artificer, the blue-red artifact legendary creature that everyone wanted is not in this set. It may be in Aether Revolt. Who knows? My theory is that there's going to be something in Aether Revolt or Commander 2016 that fulfills that sort of void. I hope so. They know that people are, you know, really screaming about it. So hopefully they... You know, they, they can't always hit everything that we want them to hit. This is one that a lot of people wanted, myself included. It's mm-hmm. a little disappointing not to have it. It's just the way it goes. It'll make it all the more sweet when it finally does get here. Yeah, and Morrow did say in our last uh, interview with him in our last episode that they are constantly trying to make cards for Commander as well. So I would expect that they foresaw this happening and maybe have an answer, but just can't say anything about it. So don't get too pissed off, everybody. So there's also a cycle of mono-colored legendary creatures. We mentioned earlier, we only have four of the five spoiled at this moment. The white one is still missing. So we'll cover that in a future episode. We'll start with black. You want to go ahead? Yeah, Gonti, Lord of Luxury. Two black black for a 2-3 Aetherborn Rogue. This is a brand new race, by the way, the Aetherborn. The flavor is it's so cool. Uh, it's a, le- a legendary creature, of course, with Death Touch. When Gonti, Lord of Luxury, enters the battlefield, look at the top four cards of a target opponent's library. Exile one of them face down to put the rest on the bottom of that library in a random order. For as long as that card remains exiled, you may look at it, you may cast it, and you may spend mana as though it were mana of any type to cast it. Does cool. a little send triplets kind of deal where it's like yeah. taking their cards and casting them. You do have to still pay for the card. Um, so that's kind of a, a thing. Yeah, it is kind of cool that, you know, you get to hide it from them. They don't get to see it. You get to cast it pretty much at any time. Uh, it reminds me a little bit of uh, Intet the Dreamer, which is my teamer uh, okay. deck. Yeah. But that's only off of your own library. So the fact that it's four cards in someone else's, I mean, I could see this having a big impact in Standard and Limited. I don't know if it's going to be awesome in EDH, unless you know someone's like scroll racking and like doing some wonky stuff. I mean, you do get to look at the top four. Yeah. The problem, I think, is that it's in black, so it's you can't flicker Gonti, really, because black, mm-hmm. if Gonti's your commander, then you're mono-black. And there's not a ton of ways. I mean, you can recur it from the graveyard. Right. But then you got to be putting your commander into the graveyard, something that's always a little bit dicey. <laughs> um, I don't know. It seems okay. I don't I don't know if it's going to be amazing. It, it might be kind of fun. It's basically amounts to drawing one extra card whenever you play your commander, mm-hmm. basically. The cool thing about Gonti is that it does not have the text, you may cast the spell as long as Gonti remains on the battlefield. It's just tied. It's not tied to the card. Like Intet the Dreamer says, you can cast that card without paying its mana cost for as long as Intet remains on the battlefield. So if Intet gets flickered or just leaves the battlefield, you can't cast the card anymore. Gonti doesn't care about that. So I believe you can just cast the card after you play Gonti. Even if he gets killed, if you use him as a blocker for death touch, you still have access to the card, which is kind of cool. Yeah, it's basically like you exactly like you drew that card, except for I guess they still couldn't make you discard it or anything. So right. yeah, it's pretty interesting. I think it's good, it's not amazing. I mean, if you had a commander that said enters the battlefield, draw a look at the top four cards of your library, put one into your the hand. opponent's library. Yeah, yeah. I'm just saying it's it's I mean, assuming you're playing with similar power level decks as your opponents, it's mm-hmm. it's about the same as that, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, the next one is Pia Nalar. She's alive. But she's by herself. Sad. Um, two red for a legendary creature, human artificer. She's a 2-2. When PNLR enters the battlefield, create a 1-1 colorless Thopter artifact creature token with flying. Not to be confused with servo tokens, which do not have flying. Mm-hmm. You can pay one in red. Target artifact creature gets plus one, plus oh until end of turn. 
And you can also pay one and sacrifice an artifact, and then target creature can't block this turn. Interesting. Uh, I think the most important part here is two in a red for an enchantment that says one, you can sack an artifact. Yeah, I think, that, I, I think that's pretty good. It also, you can make a creature unblockable, so that mm -hmm. is good. But yeah, just having a sack out there. Kind of unblockable. You have to sack a lot of artifacts if they have a lot of blockers because it's not tied well, to the creature. Well, yeah, you just do one big creature. And you also can sort of fire-breathing your creatures now. It's it's the two-mana fire-breathing, but yeah. it's one in red. I mean, she doesn't seem that great, honestly, for EDH. Nope. Yep. If you need an artifact sack thing, so like Doretti wants to have artifacts in the graveyard, PNLR reads four mana. You can sacrifice something at, um, at instant speed for one, or you can do it for sorcery speed for four total, if that makes sense. Yeah. So she's, she's okay. Fine. Yep. She is okay. Uh, uh, There's an old friend. Yeah. Uh, next also a she... Also a she, yeah, we got this wrong, of course, like we always do. Shivam gave us a pass because he made the same mistake because it's not a real name. Yeah. Padim, Consul of Innovation. Also looks like a dude. Could It's just an old lady with a lot of wrinkles, so it's just it could be either. It's hard to tell. No. All right, we, this is our spoiler, our preview card for Kaladesh. So we've already talked about this uh, pretty much in depth. Yep. Three in the blue for a 1-4 legendary creature for Dalkin Artificer. Artifacts you control of Hexproof. And the beginning of your upkeep, if you control the artifact with the highest converted mana cost or whatever it has, vertical mana cost draw card. <laughs> blah, blah, blah. So <laughs> gives all your artifacts Hexproof. And if you have the biggest artifact, you draw a card during your upkeep. Um, again, we talked about this before. Go over it really quickly. It's probably in the 99 of your Memnarch and Muzio decks or mm -hmm. your Artifact decks. It's probably not going to be as good as either of those as your lead singer, so to speak. Yeah, and a lot of people have noted that this is going to replace Leon and Arbiter in a lot of their decks uh, because Leon and Arbiter is one in the white for... Or no, I'm sorry, Leon and... Uh, it's something else. Darn it. Uh, Leon and Abunas. Sorry. Oh, yeah, Abunas. Abunas who's also a silly-looking cat. Uh, but it's going to replace Lean and Abunas in a lot of uh, players' decks, which costs the same mana button white, and it says artifacts you control have hexproof. Or so, have shroud, basically. No, no, hexproof. Oh, oh, it got, oh, it got changed. Yeah, the Oracle. Thank you, Oracle. So then why would you replace it? Uh, in case oh, because the card draw? The, the card draw and also like, the single color thing helps a lot, a lot. If someone's like, oh, I don't want to play white but still have an artifact-based deck, now gotcha. they can play it you know, because they'll usually have blue in those decks. Gotcha. So uh, that's been nice uh, to hear as well for that. And this is also the card that got everyone like, where's our blue-red artificer, guys? What the yeah, heck? Yeah, because you know once you have that one, you're probably not getting the blue-red one uh, in this set. Yeah. The last mono-colored mono legendary creature we have, again, we don't have white, is Ov Ovia? Pasheri. Ovia Pashiri, Sage Lifecrafter. Costs just a green for a 1-2 legendary creature, human artificer. You can pay two and a green and tap Ovia. Ovia? Ovia. 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 Two and a green, tap Ovia. Create a 1-1 one, one colorless servo artifact creature token. Pretty or, good. Or pay four and a green and tap her and create an XX colorless contract artifact token or creature token, sorry, where X is the number of creatures you control. So what you do is you make a bunch of 1-1s, one and then when you got 4 or 5, then you make a 5-5 five five or a 6-6. Six six. Yep. Uh, this is going to remind people of Riss the Reese the Redeemed, who is another 1-mana legendary creature. Uh, for 2 and a green or a white hybrid, he creates 1-1 uh, one, one elf warrior creature tokens. Ovia makes artifacts. Now, the reason that Reese is great is that for 6-mana, he can essentially put copies of each creature token into play that's a copy of that creature he, he doubles the amount of tokens you've got yeah which is sort of what ovia does in that she doubles the amount of power you've got on the board right um if you've only made one ones up to that point because it doesn't matter it just counts creatures oh you're right the if there's a bunch of two twos and stuff yeah you're right i think reese is obviously quite a bit better but 
He's also expensive. And two colors. Yeah. So, well, yeah, you don't have to play both those colors if he's your lead singer. You could just play. Oh, I, oh sorry. Yeah, you're right. He's, he doesn't he's fit better into. because he is two colors. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and a little more restrictive as well. Like, Ovia fits into any deck that just has green. Reese has to have green and white. But those are the token colors anyway. And I think if you're playing tokens, that Reese is kind of the best in those colors. So yeah, there wouldn't far. be any reason to just go mono green. Yeah. Um, you're going to play Tristani maybe, but then I, I think you'd want to play Reese over Tristani. But if you didn't, he can still go in that deck. Where, yeah. And so can uh, Ovia. Ovaya. Yeah, Ovia is really great. She, uh, I think, just because she's a one mana creature, that's a one two. She's already going to be awesome, and she's slightly tougher than Reese is. And the ability is very relevant in any token deck. Like you're going to run this in your Reese deck, almost guaranteed. Yep. I think. Yep, I think so too. Um, also, this card is going to be bonkers and limited. I think. Oh my gosh! Yeah, turn turn one. Ovia is that's yeah, like it's pretty almost nutty. pack ratty. Yeah, it's getting there. It's getting there. All right, on to the Planeswalker cards. Yep, 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 yep. You're very, very excited, so I'll let you read the uh, the first one because... I've read this one. Uh, in fact, people, I kept telling people over the weekend at PAX because this is when it was previewed, like, have you guys seen the new Chandra yet? The people backstage, they're like, oh, yeah, yeah, totally. And, and the, if they didn't, I was like, what was their other plus one again? I'm like, I'll tell you the whole card because I memorized it. <laughs> Chandra, Torch of Defiance is the best Chandra ever created, bar none, pretty sure. Two red red for a four loyalty Planeswalker Chandra. Plus, she has four abilities, so she's essentially giving me flashbacks of Jace the Mind Sculpture right now. It's a decent card. Yeah, pretty good. Plus one, exile the top card of your library. You may cast that card. If you don't, Chandra Torture Defiance deals two damage to each opponent. So notably says cast, so if it's a land, you cannot play it because you do not cast lands. Um, this essentially, as people have been saying, this is two abilities in one, where you get to play that card, or it just plus one to do two damage to each opponent. So in EDH, each opponent takes two. Her second plus one is uh, plus one, add red red to your mana pool, so ramp in red. Her minus three, Chandra Torture Defiance, deals four damage to target creature, uh, Flame Slash. And her minus seven, you get an emblem with whenever you cast the spell, this emblem deals five damage to target creature or player. So she starts at four loyalty, so if you have doubling season, you can immediately emblem and keep her alive, which is pretty cool. We always say all decks need ramp and card draw, mono red and mono white need it the most. Chandra has both. Yeah. And She's got ramp and card draw right on her. Um, seems very, very good. She's only four casting costs. Mm -hmm. It's a very, very powerful card. I think it's going to go in basically every mono red deck and every Boros deck and a lot of decks besides that. But those two decks really need this card. Yeah, she does everything you want her to do. Um, I'm just super stoked about it, so I can't wait to play with her. Very good. Super versatile. Mm -hmm. You know, there's a lot of situations where that card is good. Um, yep, it's going to be great. Hopefully that Expeditions Inventions thing works and the price, it, you know, comes down from where it has been. Because I agree. Been I don't want to pay a ton. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the next Planeswalker is Nissa Vital Force. Oh, this one's great, too. She's three green green for a five loyalty Planeswalker Nissa. Her plus one untapped target land you control until your next turn. It becomes a five five elemental creature with haste. It's still a land. Her negative three return target permanent card from your graveyard to your hand. It's almost eternal witness, but it has to be a permanent card. Uh, and then you get an emblem. Oh, sorry. Her negative six, her ultimate. You get an emblem with... Whenever a land enters the battlefield under your control, you may draw a card. So landfall, wow. draw a card. It's your own Horn of Greed. She starts at five, so her plus one creates a blocker for you that you can emblem the next turn, yep. usually, if you wish. Um, or people have been saying with the Oath of Gideon, uh, Planeswalkers yep. enter with a plus one, you know, with an additional loyalty counter, so she gets 
immediately ulted if you do that, which is kind of cool. And but her ultimate's not insanely powerful. It's good. Mm-hmm. It's usually going to result in an extra card drawn a turn. You know, once in a while too. I'm assuming in decks that have Nissa, you're going to be you know trying to play extra lands. Mm-hmm. Um, she's good. She's good. I don't think she's amazing. I think she's she's okay. Um, because the plus one is not something we care about that much. Just turning one of your lands into a five five. It's okay. It can untap a guy's cradle though. So woo. <laughs> But if you're already playing that card, you should be doing pretty well. <laughs> um, okay, who's the next one? Oh, the next one. Oh, yes. Oh, we're going to the multicolored ones now. Yeah, right? Dovin Bon. He is a white and a blue planeswalker. He is a, a funky looking dude. Uh, two white and a blue for a three loyalty planeswalker, Dovin. Plus one. He is a funky. He looks like one of the Navi from uh, Avatar. Yeah, that's actually a great point. A lot of the uh, the art, the Vidalkins remind me of that because they're all blue skinned. His plus one, until your next turn, up to one target creature gets minus three, minus zero, and its activated abilities can't be activated. His minus one, you gain two life and draw a card. And his minus seven, you get an emblem with your opponent can't untap more than two permanents during their untap steps. Wow, that's pretty cool. So it static cool. orbs everybody, yeah. except you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, that, the ultimate's really good. The minus one, gain two life and draw a card, pretty good. Yeah, just draw a card is nice. Yeah. Uh, the plus one, they've been doing this a lot, of, uh, a lot of players yeah. will say until your next turn, so it lasts an entire turn cycle. In one-on-one, this ends up being way more powerful than it looks, we learned because of uh, Jace Friend's Prodigy, mm-hmm. which is a similar type ability. I'm not sure. Same with Liliana. Yeah, I'd rather it create a blocker in, <laughs> in multiplayer because that can block multiple things coming at me. This is going to lock down, but it still seems decent. Uh, this is going to go in your Derevi, probably stack-style decks, so, mm-hmm. you know, or or Super Friends type decks. Um, the activated abilities part of the plus one, I think, is really interesting, yeah. too, because I'm sure there's always going to be some creature that has this crazy activated ability like Captain Flicker, Rune, you yeah. know, that says, like, oh, great, they have to, you force them to use it, and then they can't do it again until your next turn, so it's a long time. You sort of time. turn off that creature, and you might be able to be, to, like, convince the table, like, hey, don't kill them because I'm going to lock down that card. Yeah. And that'll help everybody. Um, and then you get to minus seven, and everyone goes, why didn't we kill him? Yeah, that's what <laughs> makes me think, like, oh, they're not going to let you do that very many times because they'd way rather have Rune active than they would to have Static Orb on them for the rest of the game. So uh, I would feel confident in being able to take him down because having Rune active is pretty scary, too. Well, he also starts with three loyalty and needs seven to ultimate, so you can't do the doubling season thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, if you had doubling season and Oath of Gideon out, you could do it, though. Dreams. Dreams. All right, the next one is Sahili Rai. Was this the first card you revealed at the opening ceremonies? Yep, this is the first big reveal of PAX, and a great card. Love this card. Sahili was also walking around with uh, Chandra, Chandra, uh, Christine Sprankle. I saw I saw Sahili like a lot at the theater. Yeah, that cosplay was on point. It was sweet. Um, okay, Sahili is one blue red for a planeswalker. Sahili has three loyalty, plus one, scry one, and then Sahili deals one damage to each opponent. Okay. Negative two, create a token that's a copy of target artifact or creature you control, except it's an artifact in addition to its other types. That token gains haste, exile it at the beginning of the next end step. So you, what is that? You, you it's copy. Derevi. It's No, no, it's uh, Felden, right? Yeah, it's Ex- similar to Felden, except Felden. It's not out of your graveyard. Out of your graveyard, graveyard yeah. yeah. And then negative seven, the ultimate, search your library for up to three artifact cards with different names, put them onto the battlefield, then shuffle your library. Uh, that, that 
ultimate is pretty bonkers. There's, I'm sure there are wind conditions if, with you just oh, find absolutely. three creatures. So there's probably a lot. Um, Notably, she actually, it's a little different than Felden that she can copy artifacts, not just creatures. Felden makes them into artifact creatures when they enter the battlefield. Gotcha. Uh, but she can copy, for instance, a gilded lotus or, oh, you know, like a bunch of other so things. So it could be negative two, give you three mana. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's cool. Um, yeah, I like that. I... Again, she comes in with three loyalty, cannot ultimate with doubling season right away. I think this is something they're aware of and they're watching out for these days. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Well, they didn't used to. <laughs> so I feel like it's good that they are aware that doubling season exists and they have to sort of be careful about planeswalkers. Um, yeah, she seems good. She does not protect herself. So you're getting into situations with her where you you could play her and just do what? Like scry one? And then she'll die or create a copy, like creating a copy of a, of a artifact or creature that goes away at end of turn. Like there's only a few artifacts and creatures that that's actually going to be worth it if she's going to die right away. Yeah. I mean, I think you, the, the thing is like, she's not that threatening, uh, at first, unless your minus two is doing something that's super broken. And I think that's what you want to do with her. She's a three mana sorcery that creates a token of a artifact that could potentially stick around to help you scry some more. Hmm. Good times. Good times. Um, those are all the planeswalkers that we know of in the set. Tezzeret hanging in the wings. I think could be a an good chance he's not here yet in this set, but definitely a lot of cards reference Tezzeret. Um, so I think there's a good chance that he shows up at some point, but I think you're right. It might be Aether Revolt. Yeah. All right, next up we have the Gear Hulk Cycle, which is the only cards in Kaladesh that also appear as Kaladesh Inventions, the premium foil cards we mentioned earlier. Uh, the masterpieces. Uh, there are five of them. There is the Cataclysmic Gear Hulk, the Torrential Gear Hulk, Noxious, Combustible, and Verdurous. Verdurous? Ver- Verdurous. 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 <laughs> I'm just going to let you go. Verdurous Gear no Hulk. I have no idea. Verdurous. Each of them has a keyword like Vigilance or Flash or Menace that is appropriate to the color that they're from, and they all have an Enter the Battlefield ability, and they're all like 4-5 or a 5-6 or a 6. They're just giant. They um, cost between 5 and 6 mana. Yeah. Um, uh, well, let's talk about each of them. The red one is a 6-6 six, six for 4 and 2 red. It says, when it enters the battlefield, target opponent may have you draw three cards. If the player doesn't, you put the top three cards of your library into your graveyard, and then the combustible gear hulk deals damage to that player equal to the total converted mana cost of those cards you milled. Kind of cool. Interesting. I don't like giving my opponents that kind of choice because if they're at high life, they just say, okay, I'll take the damage. If they're at low life, they just say, you draw the card. So it doesn't always do what you want it to, but... Um, it's very good in Felden. Yeah, and if you yeah if you can flicker it or recur it, then it becomes untenable because they can't just keep taking the damage and they can't just be, keep letting you draw the card. So. Yeah, and you're milling cards that may be good for Felden to recur as well. So I think the red, blue, and the white ones are the best by far. The other ones are just okay. I think black is in a vacuum good but the problem is that it's in black so the black one you can go ahead and read it yeah it's four black black for a menace five four when it enters the battlefield you may destroy another target creature if a creature is destroyed this way you gain life equal to its toughness so black already has so many ways to kill things that it's not like oh if no we needed in this of the flicker colors yeah so it could go in brago or rune then it would be very good i think yeah but it can't go in those and so you're pairing it and and not to say that you can't play a deck with flicker in it and also, like, um, what is it? Carador and Marin and those type of decks tend to have a lot of recursion, but then you have to pay the f- six mana, and a mm-hmm. six is a lot. I'd rather just play, uh, what's the Evoke one? The um, 
Oh, Shriek Maw? Shriek Maw, because it costs less to kill the creature, right? But at six if, mana, I'd rather play Grave Titan. Yeah. <laughs> There's so many better but things to do But you do play Duplicate, which is similar. It yeah. exiles, but... I think this would be better if it was in the Flicker Colors. It's still fine. It probably still can go in those Marin decks and those Carador decks. It's not It's not a horrible thing. I just don't think it's optimal. Yeah, it's just not... To me, it's not exciting in terms of what you can do with it. Um, the green one is 3 and 2 green for a 4-4. Four, four. Artifact Creature Construct has Trample. When it enters the battlefield, distribute 4 one, one counters among any number of target creatures you control. So By itself, it's a 5-mana 8-8. Eight, eight. Otherwise, it just spreads the love. This card is nuts and limited, clearly. Insane. Um, but It reminds me, what are those card- there was a card in Cons that did a similar thing. I think it did two, but it was, mm-hmm. it was similar, and that card was always very good. Um, I think, like, my Marchesa deck, I would consider it because I have it's 5-color, and distributing that many counters is good, especially when I'm recurring it and doing mm-hmm. that again and again. Might be okay. It's still kind of expensive for that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Doesn't doesn't excite I, me. I really don't see it going in very many decks now. No. This um, next one, I think, the blue one is is going to go in some decks. Yeah, it's four blue blue for a five six flash artifact creature construct. Uh, when torrential gear hulk enters the battlefield, you may cast target instant card from your graveyard without paying its mana cost. And if that card would be put into your graveyard this turn, you exile it instead. So it, it buys back an instant at instant speed because this card has flash. Yeah, it's snap. Snapcaster Gear Hulk, and you don't have but to only pay, for instance. And you don't have to pay the mana cost either, so you can cheat out some giant stuff with Torrential Gear Hulk. I think the thing that keeps this reasonable is that it says instants and not sorceries. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Yeah, there's still some good instants that you could get, and also, like, the types of decks that have a lot of instants want to keep their mana open and do draw ghost-style stuff, so, you know, flashbacking... Cryptic Command seems really good, or mm-hmm. Mystic Confluence. I was also thinking, like, Evacuation is pretty good with it, right? You play Evacuation, everybody's creatures go back to their hand. Then you flash back, then you play the Gear Hulk, flashing back Evacuation, which returns the Gear Hulk to your hand so you can use it again. Now, mm-hmm. it, it, it exiles the card that you cast, so you couldn't do that forever, but still pretty good value. I think that card's good. I think it's going to go in, in some some of those heavy spells type Talran type decks, I think. I'd play it. Uh, the white one, yeah. I think this is probably the best one as far as like the top end of how broken it can be when you get sort of an engine going with it. Cataclysm has returned on the creature. Cataclysmic Gear Hulk. It's three white white for a four five with vigilance. When it enters the battlefield, each player chooses an artifact, creature, enchantment, and planeswalker from among the non-land permanents he or she controls, then sacrifices the rest. So this is almost identical to Cataclysm, except this is on a creature with vigilance that's a four five, and it costs one extra mana. Well, it's notably on an ETB effect, which mm-hmm. you could in theory repeat by flickering it or whatever. And I also think the flicker decks have the way to protect their creature because you can flicker out your other stuff in response yeah. so that you don't have to sacrifice that stuff. Like if you have Dead Eye Navigator and this, you can flicker both of them. Yeah. And when they come back in, you can flicker to get around it. Pretty crazy. Uh, notably, this also says Planeswalker. The original Cataclysm did not. This also reminds me a little bit of Tragic Arrogance, but in yeah. that case, you're the one choosing what they keep. Um, either way, this card is very powerful. I expect this to see play in Standard and definitely a lot in EDH because it's awesome, especially if you get the uh, the Masterpiece Invention version. Yeah, it does look sweet. Yeah, certainly. Um, so that's the Gear Hulk cycle. Okay, so let's move on to green. We're going to go through each color, and then there's less per color now, but there's going to be a little bit more in the artifact section. So Yeah, certainly. Yeah, the first card we're going to talk about is called, let me find it. Dubious Challenge. 
dubious challenge. It's a cool name for a card. It's three green for a sorcery. Look at the top ten cards of your library. Exile up to two target creature cards from among them, then shuffle your library. Target opponent may choose one of the exiled cards and put it into the battlefield under his or her control and then put the rest under the battlefield under your control. So, really interesting. You look at the top ten cards, pick two creatures, and I go, Jimmy. And he goes, I want this one, you get that one. Yeah, that's actually, it's dubious indeed. Um, I feel like you only want to put this in the deck with cards that you want and other people don't at all, but I don't even know how that works. It is really good with Flicker. So, uh, with Rune, you just Flicker the creature they picked and you get both because it comes back to the battlefield under owner's control when you exile with Rune. Um, Looking at the top 10 cards is also pretty significant mm -hmm. because that's probably at the point when you cast this and Commander is going to be like an eighth to a ninth of your deck. So. You might also be able to just make some friend that way, mm-hmm. you know, and get them to work with you a little bit because there's the political aspect. It's a very interesting card. I, I don't know if it's good outside of the Flicker decks, but it's super interesting. The order of this is cool, too, because you look at the cards and then you choose the opponent. Yeah. So you can choose someone that you think is going to help you out or may just not or may take the card that they want. But you the one that you want isn't the one that they want. You know, so it is cheating of mana costs because it costs four mana, but you can get any creature out with it. I mean, you could go Blightsteel, Ulamog, which one you want. Yeah. So Blightsteel, Ulamog, which one do you want? <laughs> <laughs> Which one do you want? I don't know how often we're asking that question. <laughs> I'll take Blightsteel. I'll be the Craig Blanchett of the team. Uh, the next green card is Architect of the Untamed. Two and a green for a 2-3 creature elf artificer druid. Whenever a land enters the battlefield under your control, you get an energy counter. So this is a static... It's not a static. It's an ability that happens every time a land enters the battlefield. Obviously, land matter stack is going to love this. And you can pay... <laughs> it's funny. Here we go. We are just talking about this. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven... Eight, you can pay eight energy to create a 6-6 six, six colorless beast artifact creature token at instant speed, which is kind of cool. So if you play this and play eight lands, you get to have a 6-6 six, six colorless beast artifact creature token on top. Obviously, there are going to be different ways to generate energy, but still pretty cool. Yeah, it's really going to depend on how prevalent energy token or energy counter creators are mm-hmm. of whether you can play this. Because I think if it's just this card is the only card you've got that's going to generate energy, it's not going to be enough. No. Even if you're playing like explosive vegetation and other ramp cards, yeah. Um, but it is what you, you might get one six six. I mean, how, yeah. like sixteen off this one card. You're just playing sixteen lands. Like <laughs> most games, you don't play sixteen lands total. So yeah. yeah. So this is good just because it's an energy creator uh, that you don't have to worry about. Just playing a land. Yeah. get to it. So. I wish it said you may play an extra land each turn or something like that. Oh my so they have some other value. I, yeah, it'd be way too good. Yeah, just making it a little more powerful. <laughs> uh, uh, the next one is Wildest Dreams. It's XX and green for a sorcery, and it says return X target cards from your graveyard to your hand and then exile Wildest Dreams. So if you pay three mana, you get one card, five mana, two cards, seven mana, three cards, blah, blah, blah. So it's the same rate for three mana as a, an Eternal Witness, and notably, this is very similar to a card like Verdant Confluence, which is the green sort of modal spell from Commander yes. that lets you get cards, but it, this can get any card. A lot of um, regrowth effects are just permanence, uh, so this is nice because... Although regrowth itself is any card. Yes. But for five mana, you can get two cards you do have to exile this spell but i think this is important because they're just it's you know you get you get a card back and you can get a bunch in the late game um and it's not just permanence uh eternal witness obviously is a very powerful card because you can't play this again out of your graveyard it's a little less powerful but yeah i think that's why eternal witness is so good is because you can recur it Mm -hmm. um this is fine i think it's playable uh if you don't have 
a lot of Eternal Witnesses and some of those other cards. But it will get you cards back from your graveyard. Super powerful in our format because you can only have one of each card. So sometimes when you've used it and you're like, well, I need that card again, then you can get it. <laughs> yep, that's uh, that's that 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 uh, done. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's move on to white. The first one is also a story card in, involving PNLR. Yeah, so PNLR, if you will recall, is Chandra's mother, and she's been captured by the consulate. Yes, that's the name of the card. Actually, three in the white for an enchantment aura. Enchant creature you don't control. Enchant creature, enchanted creature can't attack. Whenever an opponent casts a spell, if it has a single target, change the target to enchanted creature if able. We, I put this on the list because it's super interesting, right? Yeah, it's it's so sort interesting. of turns your opponent's creature, it pacifies it, and then turns it into like a flag bearer. <laughs> yeah, forces an opponent to target it with something. I feel like when I see cards like this, my brain immediately starts turning like, how do I then turn that into some sort of combo or synergy where mm -hmm. something happens? Now, obviously, like somebody's got a stuffy doll and it's not pointed at you and you do that, that could be good. Um, I don't know what else. It's interesting because it, if it's like a spell that's just like target creature gets minus one minus so it doesn't kill it, the next spell that gets cast has to again be targeted at the capture that the consulate targets. So eventually someone's going to have to waste an, a, kind of like a removal spell on it or they have to sack the creature or do something. Yeah, I guess it does sort of protect your cards from single target removal in that they'll have to be two. Mm -hmm. So let's say you've got a very powerful threat and you play capture the consulate on somebody else's creature. Now all of a sudden... If they want to source the plowshares, it, they need two because they'd yeah. have to source the plowshares that captured by the consulate creature. Um, make sure they don't have a sack outlet when you play this on their card. Yes. Uh, also, it would be advantageous not to attack into the creature because it can block. It just can't attack. Ooh, so that's really another way point. it can get killed. There's been a lot of discussion about this card because it shows PNLR being captured by the consulate. But what does it mean that the first you know spell that targets has to target it. I think it means that they're sort of using it as bait for Chandra and they're going to use her mom as like a human shield or something. Ooh, geez. It uh, seems, I'm just, I don't, I don't know a lot about story, but I did read that somewhere and I was like, man, people are smart. They come up with cool things based on these cards. Yeah. It's cool. You get a sneak peek into the story from it, which is yeah. great. Uh, the next one is authority of the consoles. It's one white for an enchantment. You know I love this card. Creatures your opponent's control enter the battlefield tapped, and whenever a creature enters the battlefield under an opponent's control, you gain one life. This only costs one white? It's so good. Uh, this is going to see play in a lot of different formats, I think. Um, it's very, very effective. It only affects your opponent's creatures, and you gain a bunch of life, too. It's, it stops haste. It... Yeah, it makes you, it you know, puts you out of range of getting killed super fast. Here we go again with these life gain decks. I may yeah. have to build one because clearly Wizards is telling me to build one. This, like, completely shuts down the Kiki-Jiki combos yep. because it taps all the creatures. Also, if they're trying to, like, copy Deceiver Exarch, then you just gain a life and <laughs> you just can't die even if they can untap everything. Pretty good. Oh, this card's ridiculous. Um, next up we have Master Trinketeer. Uh, this is just a lord. We put this on here. Um... Because, uh, you know, he's two in the white for a 3-2. Servos and Thopters, you control, get plus one, plus one. And for three in the white, you create a 1-1 one, one colorless servo artifact creature token. So go nuts, yeah. tribal people. Go nuts, all you tribal people. Go crazy. Lord uh, Zero is cool. Okay. Re uh, oh, Fumigate. Oh, this card's so sad. So here's another build a life gain deck thing. Oh, yeah, Fumigate. They're killing all the gremlins with pesticides. It's three and two white for a sorcery. Destroy all creatures. You gain one life for each creature destroyed this way. All these guys. Oh, It's a gremlin from uh, Pax. 
poor thing. Don't get, don't get water on it. They're getting gassed. Yeah, don't get water on it. And don't, don't feed, feed it, it after uh, midnight. Well, it's before midnight. You can feed it right now. All right. Okay. Sweet. <laughs> Have some smoke. So here's a five mana wrath that you gain one life for each creature destroyed. Um, just seems pretty good in those life gain decks. Yeah, and it's a wrath. It's obviously very powerful. Uh, it sucks that they're killing all these cute little gremlins. Um, but you know, life goes on, doesn't it, Josh? I guess so. Life. I keep thinking he's gonna fall, but it doesn't fall. No, he's hanging on. He's hanging on because he hasn't been fumigated yet. Uh, <laughs> uh, next up is a very interesting card. It is called Refurbish. Three in the white for a sorcery, and it just says return target artifact card from your graveyard to the battlefield. To I, the battlefield. I did a quick look online. There is no other card that does this. I don't think. There's probably some that get artifact creatures. I don't know about just artifacts. Straight yeah. artifacts. It's yeah. um, resurrection, right? But it's for that's for creatures, and mm-hmm. this is for artifacts. Yeah. So yeah, interesting. Cheating a mana cost, you can drop a blightsteel colossus. Well, oh, sorry, not blightsteel. <laughs> you can drop a giant artifact creature or just an artifact. Someone blows up your guild of lilies for four mana, you get it back. If you can repeat this spell a bunch, oh my gosh, it go to town. So yeah, I've never seen, I looked it up on Gatherer really quickly. In my quick search, I didn't see any other cards that took specifically artifacts from the graveyard straight to the battlefield. Lots that went to your hand, but not to the battlefield. So you refurbish Torrential Gear Hulk. Mm-hmm. It comes back into the battlefield targeting refurbish, and then you refurbish something else. Yeah, so but for it's four, not an instant. Uh, wah, wah. Oh, it's a sorcery. Yeah. Dang it. Dang it. We almost did it. But hey. You can still refurbish something else. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you can still refurbish Torrential Gear Hulk and then target an instant. That's pretty good. <laughs> That's pretty good. Um, this next card is, like many cards we've seen before, it's Wisp Weaver Angel. It's four white-white for a creature angel with flying. When it enters the battlefield, you may exile another target creature you control, then return it to the battlefield under its owner's control. It's not at the end of turn, so that's yeah. interesting. Um, there's a few cards that do similar things like this. This is another one. I, I'm trying to think if there's any combos with, um, I don't know. I'm sure there are something. Yeah, they're just, uh, in general, flickering is something that Wizards is careful with. They usually have it return at the end of your turn or at the beginning, you know, whatever. It's another point in time where you don't get to do stuff with it. Wisp Weaver is a card that lets you get that card back during your turn. So it's always interesting to pay attention for these kinds of effects. There's another card later, I think, actually, that combos with this one pretty well. I'll talk about it when we bring it up. Oh, excellent. But it's not this next one. This next one is interesting and definitely goes in Mizzix, which makes it scary. Yeah, it's go- it goes in Mizzix, but only when you have a bunch of mana to just like kind of sneak it out there, I think. You need Leyline or Vidalcan Orrery, but once you, you have those cards anyway. And mm-hmm. uh, anyway, M- Metallurgic Summonings, three blue blue for an enchantment. Whenever you cast an instant or sorcery spell, create an XX colorless construct artifact creature token where X is that spell's converted mana cost. And then three blue-blue, exile, metallurgic summonings. Return all instants and sorcery cards from your graveyard to your hand. Activate this ability only if you control six or more artifacts. So in Mizzix, you're never going to do that because you're never going to have six artifacts. But the fact that every time you cast an instant or sorcery, you make an XX where X is the cost, the mana cost of that sorcery, that works with X spells. So if you counter their spell with a power sink and say pay seven more, you're going to make an 8-8. That's going to get crazy in Mizzix really fast because Mizzix's real problem is just being able to kill everybody, right? Yeah. Once you get enough experience counters, you can sort of keep everything off the board. You can counter everything. But then if you're also, every time you do that, you're making five fives and eight eights and stuff, you're going to win. Yeah, it seems pretty powerful to me. I don't know. I, I, 
I like it. I think I would play it in a very specific kind of deck. In general, like getting six artifacts out is going to be a bit tough. But when you're making them with the Metallurgic Summonings, it's a little easier. So. I mean, you only have to make two, like, four fours or bigger for it to be sort of fine. Yeah. And if you can make three, four, I think Talran kind of wants this. If you got Melek, there's a good chance Melek wants it. Spell-heavy yeah. decks probably going to want it. Being able to regrow every instant in sorcery is pretty nuts, I think. That's that's definitely like the the like whoa, holy crap kind of a part of the card. Yeah, that's true and you count the artifacts that it makes. Yeah. So, you I was wrong. Mizix could get there because it could keep it alive long enough. It definitely could. Yeah. It's just whether or not in turn 5 you're okay playing a spell like this. Once you've got six artifact creature tokens that are 5/5s five or better though, you probably won. Yeah, maybe. I mean, you've also cast five instants or sorceries, and so mm-hmm. I think there's a good chance that you don't even need to regrow everything. You just now are attacking. Yeah, at that point. Uh, next up, we have Paradoxical Outcome. Three in the blue for an instant. This is when uh, Rashmi created a teleporter and was able to teleport an object from one side of the building to the next. Oh, we didn't... Oh, when we talked about Rashmi, we didn't go, we didn't go to the tinfoil hat theory. Oh, that's right. Brief Which aside. The portal has sort of something to do with it. Yeah. So Rashmi... What's it called when you take the letters in something and rearrange them? There's a, there's a term for that. Um, yeah, I think it's an anagram. You can, an you can anagram rearrange is a direct word. word switch or wordplay, the result of rearranging the letters. Good job. Anagram, Rashmi, is, or sorry, Rushmi, is an anagram for Mishra. Mishra. Ooh, Mishra's back. <laughs> Put on your tinfoil hats. Maybe Rashmi is Mishra. Rashmi is fooling around with portals. Yeah, opening so it up could be like gates. extra planar portals. Yep, and the flavor is the results of Rushmi's experimentation forced her to consider the possibility that multitude, 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 oh multitudinous. multitudinous realities existed beyond her own. So she mm. maybe is like a reincarnation of Mishra? Who knows? Who knows, but a lot of people are talking about it. Or we're just it. all going crazy. Yeah. Anyway, paradoxical outcome, three in the blue for an instant. Return any number of target non-land, non-token permanents you control to their owner's hands. Draw a card for each card returned to your hand this way. So you get to bounce any number of non-land, non-token permanents, and you draw cards as well. Only ones you control. Yeah, and you, yeah, you can. But well, you bounce as many as many as you want to their owner's hand, so you can steal something. But the draw card is only on the cards that go to your hand. So if you've right, stolen right. like five cards and you bounce all those, you I don't, don't know draw why those you're cards. bouncing stuff that you stole though, because you don't get those into your hand. Yeah, this um, is pretty crazy. You could you could go ham with this. I feel like you can do stuff. People are saying with um, like a lot of the signets and and soul ring and stuff like that. You tap oh, it all first, point. bounce them, use that mana to replay them. They're on tap. You use them again. Mm-hmm. Stuff like that. Also, just like. Saving your stuff from a wrath, that's pretty good. The yeah, drawing cards. Good. The card's very interesting. It's not the type of effect we see put together a lot. So Yeah. I like it. This next one is Wedge's preview card from the mana source. It's Insidious Will. It's two blue blue for an instant. Choose one. Counter target spell. You may choose new sorry, counter target spell. That's one option. Next option. You may choose new targets for target spell. Next option. Copy target instant or sorcery spell. You may choose new targets. For the copy. So you misdirect something, you counter something, or you fork something. Yeah. Uh, this is a... I love this card. I think this is like the perfect EDH counter spell because you never just want to just have just like two blue blue counter target spell because it's like that's expensive. You already have counter spell. Like this gives you three options and I've already talked about how I always like the card misdirection but never play it in any of my decks. 
Yeah, this is this is to that conversation because misdirection is the type of ability you want access to. The problem is that misdirection itself is too limited. Mm -hmm. It doesn't do enough where there's too many situations where it's not what you want. You you don't want to redirect one of their spells. You actually want it to just stop happening because redirecting yeah. a wrath doesn't do anything. But this has the ability when that does come up to do that. But when it doesn't, you just stop it. You counter it. Or when it's like somebody's like, I... I Sphinx's Revelation, draw seven, gain seven. You're like, I want to do that. I'll, I'll <laughs> yes, fork please. it. Yeah. yeah. Although you might want to just misdirect that one. But you might not want to make that person mad. So you're just like, oh, we'll both do it. Yeah. Uh, I, I really like this card. I think it's awesome. Yeah. It's, it's definitely an EDH staple, I think, from here on out. Yeah. It's very, very versatile. Another yeah. Mizzix card. Let's make that deck better. <laughs> uh, the next one is Shrewd Negotiation. It's four and a blue for a sorcery. Exchange control of target artifact you control and target artifact or creature you don't control. Whoa. It's just a... You can make a 1-1 one, one servo and give it to someone for their Gilded Lotus. <laughs> it's kind of cool. It's an uncommon, too, so I'd love to see how this plays out in Limited. But, yeah, it's, it's certainly a negotiation that you are often going to be on the better side of, especially if someone, like, plays a Blightsteel and you steal it. <laughs> well, yeah. But, I mean, you could just control magic it, which might be better. Yeah, that's true. But having two control magics, and this one isn't on an enchantment. You just gain control of it. True. <laughs> um... Pretty Is good that card. everything from them? Yeah, we're, we're moving on to red, and sadly enough, there's only one red card that we wanted to talk about. Yeah, red, once well, again. Well, that's not PNLR, true. Chandra, PNLR. This, this has my Hulk. vote for the best art in the entire set, though. It's pretty sweet. I um, love it. Hey, Jeffrey, are you out there? Can we animate this except put my face under the goggles? <laughs> wow. Now we're really asking a lot of them. <laughs> yeah. Also, the um, I'm just going to say the Invention uh, Soul Ring is also pretty cool. Not... Just, just saying, Jeremy, or Jeffrey. <laughs> um, Madcap Experiment is the card. It's three and a red for a sorcery. Reveal cards from the top of your library until you reveal an artifact card. Put that card onto the battlefield and the rest on the bottom of your library in a random order. Madcap Experiment deals damage to you equal to the number of cards revealed this way. So you just start going. You flip over cards from the top of your deck until you hit an artifact. So if you go one, two, three, it's the fourth card. You put it into play, and then you take four damage. Cool. It's okay. It's cheating a mana cost. Yeah, With it scroll is. rack and stuff. If you're playing this in a way that you know you only have like two or three hits, then that's pretty cool, right? You deal. No, because you deal a ton of damage to yourself. Oh, that's right. <laughs> that's a good point. You need um, a scroll rack. You need Sensei's Divining Top. Right. You need, you know, Brainstorm, Jace the Mind Sculptor type effects. But if you do, then for four mana, you could get Blightsteel Colossus or, mm -hmm. you know, the equivalent, which anytime you can do that, it's very, very powerful. Yeah, and you're not losing any as much life because you're making sure it's right in the top of the yep. library or just one down or whatever. So, yeah, yeah. pretty cool. Also, Duretti... Felden type decks that just have a ton of artifacts might want to run it because mm -hmm. you know your chances of hitting something in the top five is pretty good. Yeah, pretty good. All right, now we are on to black. The first card we have up is Demon of Dark Schemes. Three black, black, black for a five-five creature demon with flying. When Demon of Dark Schemes enters the battlefield, all other creatures get minus two, minus two until end of turn. Whenever another creature dies, get an energy counter. And you can pay two in a black and then pay four energy to put target creature card from a graveyard onto the battlefield under your control, tapped. So it's like a mix of Massacre Worm and a bunch of other cards. Yeah, it's any creature from a graveyard, not just yours. Yeah. Um, so if, when it comes into play, if it kills at least four creatures, then you could probably on your next turn, or maybe this turn if you have a lot of mana, do that um, mm -hmm. animate dead thing. Seems pretty good. A lot of people are comparing it to Massacre Worm, saying it's better, saying it's worse. Massacre Worm can sometimes just kill your opponents, so yeah. I don't know, but it's... 
if you're compared to Massacre Worm, you're pretty good. Yeah, you're doing a pretty good job. Um, notably, this is a creature card from any graveyard, uh, and if you have other energy creators, then you can definitely go ham with this. Put a lot of creatures out. So, pretty powerful. I, I like this card overall. I'm going to first pick the heck out of it if I open it in the booster pack. Oh, it's ridiculous and limited. This is just broken. Um, <laughs> the next one is Master of Marionettes. Now, that's the Japanese translation. We don't have the English translation in front of us. So it or might, the real name either. So That's what I mean. So, it might have, yeah, it might have a different name in reality. Right now, it's Master of Marionettes. Four black black for a 1-3 creature human artificer has Fabricate 3, which means it can either be a 4-6 or it can be like a 1-3 with 3-1-1 servos. Mm -hmm. Whenever an artifact you control is put into a graveyard from the battlefield, target opponent loses life equal to the Master of Marionette's power. Ah. So if it's a 1-3 and those 3-1-1s die, they lose 3 life. However, if it's a 4-6 and then a bunch of other things die, it loses 4 life each time. Uh, Kessler tweeted about this being a win condition in his Malfagor deck. Because yeah. he's always tossing things into the graveyard. And you can also like pump its power in other ways. Mm-hmm. So you can be like, okay, I've got 10 artifacts in play. Now I'm going to pump its power to 10 and just blow everybody, you know, right. KO everybody. You can do cool stuff like that. Yep. Oh, and the next card, again, back to the black-white life gain, it is underhanded designs. Uh, one in the black for an enchantment. The art is awesome. It's an Aetherborn about to shake hands with someone, but it has a poison spike under his middle finger. Look, how does he not see it? It's huge, the spike. He's looking at all the gas emitting from this guy's hand. He's like, what the heck is that? (laughs) Or they're staring deep into each other's eyes. Um, Whenever an artifact enters the battlefield under your control, you may pay one uh, generic mana. If you do, each opponent loses one life and you gain one life. That's pretty good. So it gives your artifacts extort? Mm-hmm. And the, uh, but for generic, not even for white or black. Oh, yeah? For one in the black, sacrifice underhanded designs, destroy target creature, activate this ability only if you control two or more artifacts. That's just kind of like a nice side upside. Uh, for EDH, it's not as relevant, but it is cool that you get to have extort on all artifacts and also the ability to kill something. Mm-hmm. I wish it wasn't in black because you can already do the extort thing in black pretty easily, but mm-hmm. all right. Yeah. All right, oh. on to artifacts. This is our exciting category because there's a ton of stuff. We're going to talk about our first vehicle here. It's called Sky Sovereign Console Flagship. This thing is so cool. This thing is ridiculous. <laughs> it's uh, First of all, it's the airship from Final Fantasy. Yeah, so, Sid's on top somewhere. Yeah. Or I guess in this case, Sid has become uh, the red console? white. No, no, the red white. Oh, uh, Dapala? Dapala, yeah. Um, Sky Sovereign Console Flagship costs five mana for a legendary artifact vehicle. It's a 6-5 with flying. Whenever Sky Sovereign enters the battlefield or attacks, it deals three damage to target creature or planeswalker and opponent controls, Hmm. and it has crew three, so it's not actually a creature unless you tap any number of creatures you control with total power three or more. That turns into a creature. Um, So it bolts something when it enters. It bolts something when it attacks. Only creatures are planeswalkers. Uh, We don't care for damage to the face as much in EDH anyway, but if you want to... If you want to fly in with style, you put Sky Sovereign in your deck. It also probably hits them for six because it's big. It's a 6-5 flyer. Yeah. It seems pretty good because if it just bolts two things. Great. Once when it enters and then once when it attacks. And it's kind of harder to get rid of because it's a vehicle. It's not a creature except on your turn. I mean, not, mm-hmm. not that people don't run artifact removal. It's just not as prevalent as creature removal. Yeah. Uh, this also doesn't have to attack the person that it's attacking. 
Oh, good point. So you could be like, hey, I'm going to attack you, but I want to blow up their planeswalker. Yeah. Or I'm going to attack you and blow up your planeswalker and not have to send the six damage at it and send it to your face instead. Yeah, yeah. So it is certainly getting some consulate work done. Definitely King Makar wants this card, I'm pretty sure. Oh, my gosh. That card is awesome, man. Oh, gosh, I love it. Next up, oh, this is a card that I also previewed at PAX with Morrow. Uh, It is Aetherworks Marvel, four mana, legendary artifact. Whenever a permanent you control is put into a graveyard, you get an energy counter. That's really good, by the way. Every time a permanent is put into a graveyard, so if if it's a land, if it's a token, you get energy. And you can tap the Aetherworks Marvel, Aetherworks Marvel, and pay six energy to look at the top six cards of your library. You may cast a card from among them without paying its mana cost and put the rest on the bottom of your library in a random order. Everything so far has been random order on the bottom of the library, by the way. They don't want you stack at the bottom of your, I guess. (laughs) Of your 100-card library. (laughs) Well, I think it's probably for limited, where you can actually start to know exactly what you're going to draw every Mm -hmm. turn. Uh, Which is cool, though, because I think if you have that amount of memory, you should get that advantage. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, six energy counters doesn't seem super hard to get. Especially, Especially if, yeah. you're, if you're in a deck which can sacrifice its stuff, and then you just cheat something into play from the top six cards in your library. That seems seems very good. This card seems very pushed to me because, yeah. like, in response to a board wipe, like everyone loses all their creatures, but now you have all this energy from all the permanents going to the graveyard, and you can just start cheating out giant things. So you're immediately in front of everyone else. Not to mention the great part about energy is that you're not tapping mana for it. So yep. you have your lands untapped to play cards from your hand. And you have energy to start cheating stuff out with the Aetherworks Marvel. I think this card is very, very good. There, there's not a lot of cards, I think, that have the energy symbol where you just want to put only that card in your deck because it's standalone good. Mm-hmm. This one is. Yeah, definitely. The next one is um, Metalwork Colossus. This card's sweet. It's 11 mana for an artifact creature construct, but it says the Colossus costs X less to cast where X is the total converted mana cost of non-creature artifacts you control, which is interesting. So you total up all your non-creature artifacts, that mana cost, and it costs that much less. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like, um, what's the... Draco? No, what's the... Uh, well, it is a little like Draco. What's the... Um, Affinity for artifacts? Yeah, those, yeah, it's kind of like that, except yeah. for that doesn't count the total number. It counts the total converted mana cost. Yeah, which is better, I think, in a yeah. lot of cases. Oh, also, it's a 10-10. I don't think I said that. <laughs> uh, if you have a Gilded Lotus out, this costs six mana. So you tap three for the Gilded Lotus, and then another three mana, you get a 10-10. That's pretty good. Pretty good. Be good. And then you can sacrifice two artifacts and return Metalwork Colossus from your graveyard to your hand. So that's also, I think, very good because you can probably get in these loops where you have enough artifacts out to cast it for free. Mm -hmm. And then you can sack it and get it back and sack it and get it back and sack it and get it back and do some shenanigans that way. Pretty good. 10-10 for like three or four mana is nothing to scoff at. Yeah. That only needs to hit someone a few times. That recurs. Yeah, that that recurs itself. Cool. I think it's playable in certain decks. Yeah. Next up, we have the Foundry Inspector. A very simple creature. Three mana construct artifact creature uh, for a 3-2. And artifact spells you cast cost one less to cast. So it can make a soul ring cost zero. How exciting. <laughs> Although, you might as well just cast soul ring and then use that to cast the, yeah, uh, right. fa- the foundry guy. But yes. Um, next one is called... Let me find it. Let me find it. I can it's right it. here. Dynavolt Tower. Dynavolt. It's three mana for an artifact. Whenever you cast an instant or sorcery spell, you get two energy. And then tap and pay five energy. Dynavolt Tower deals three damage to target creature or player. I'm more interested in the top half of this card. Um, Dinosaur Tower is pretty cool, though. You get energy every time you cast an instant or sorcery. Pretty nice. Okay, on the card, when it has two energy symbols, then in 
in parentheses, it says two energy counters. But when it has five, it doesn't say five. And five <laughs> is way harder to count than two. I have no idea why I know, they did we're, that we way. both, when Josh is reading it, if you guys can see, I put up the number the five because I was reading ahead and being like, E, 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 okay, five. You, yeah, anytime it's more than four, you're sitting there going, how, how many is that? Because your eyes play tricks. Also, I want to read the flavor text because it does mention Tezzeret. I like that Tezzeret. He has vision the other judges don't. He sees the potential in what we're making here. Very, uh, very sort of um, blue-black thinking in that it's like we are at the pursuit of knowledge doesn't matter how dirty, <laughs> how impress like... Impress me. Impress me, yeah. So very cool. I like this card a lot. It's also like, look, it's an energy generator for three mana that just constantly does it without you having to do extra work. So Yeah. As long be, as you have instants and sorceries. Yeah, important in those decks. Uh, next up, we have Key to the City. It is an artifact for two mana. You can tap and discard a card. Up to one target creature can't be blocked this turn. And then whenever Key to the City becomes untapped, you may pay two generic mana if you do draw a card. So this is just a very cool utility card. If you have cards that want to be in the graveyard, this is nice. I just um, think it's good in white, and it's good mm -hmm. in red-white, which is where we need card draw. And also those decks usually want to attack, so it enables attacks. Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, very good in Voltron because you get to draw extra cards for a little bit of extra mana each turn. It's the key to the city. I mean, city. you do have to discard a card, but it might be a land. Mm -hmm. uh, you might be able to get it back to in certain certain decks want cards in the graveyard. Anyway, I think it's playable in certain decks. Yeah. The next one is Aether Flux Reservoir. Aether Flux, Josh. Sorry, Aether Flux Reservoir. <laughs> it throws me there's an A first. So my brain just says, say A, and then figure it out later. What's well, Aether if you really yeah. want to get into Aether, it? Aether. Aether. Flux Reservoir. Four mana for an artifact you know i just came from iceland which i think is where that e symbol came from. oh really i think cool. i think it's nordic i think it's northern i could be wrong i'm sorry shivam four for an artifact whenever you cast a spell you gain one life for each spell you've cast this turn cool pay 50 life <laughs> ether flux reservoir deals 50 damage to target creature or player yep got there uh, were we talking about how they've been pushing this life gain strategy yeah well this card seems too uh, I don't it's like, an instant kill. I don't like it. I, I, it's very powerful. It's going to be very good in those life gain decks. It's yeah. going to lead to all these points where you're just like, well, I can just kill you. So don't do anything yep. to me. You know, And it's very easy to get to 50 life. And really, you need to be at like 54 so it doesn't just outright kill you. And then yeah. you just get to hold it over everybody's head. It's good for killing one person. It's very hard for getting back up to your starting life total and killing more people. True, but I mean, those decks can get to 400 life sometimes, so then you yeah, don't care. Yeah, that's a true point. That's a good um, point. And you just Especially do when times. you're Storm, you, like you have Storm life gain, basically. Mm -hmm. You cast a spell, and then you get a life for each spell you've cast this turn. So the first spell gives you one life, the second spell gives you two life, the third spell gives you three life. So if you can cast three spells in a turn, you just gain six life, and then you do that a couple times. It's not really very hard. I wish... I don't know. I don't. I don't love this card. I don't love this type of effect. It reminds me of Felidar Sovereign, which is funny because they have it down there as similar cards to this card, mm -hmm. Felidar Sovereign. Yeah, Helix yeah. Pinnacle as well. So it's just like very like having that much life is pretty absurd. When you're starting at forty, being able to pay fifty life does not seem that untenable. Aloro just gets there by staying in the command zone after five turns or something. So uh, yeah, whatever. Okay. Anyway, play that <laughs> card. It's gonna be fun. I'm gonna put it in my life gain deck that I'm building too because. It exists. Why not? Okay, uh, we have the module series next. Uh, these are three cards. If you line them up, their art all lines up, which is kind of cool. And they all do similar-esque things, so we're just going to read. Uh, let's just read them one at a time. The first up is animation module. It's a one-drop artifact. 
Whenever one or more plus one plus one counters are placed on a permanent you control, you may pay one generic mana. If you do, create a 1-1 colorless servo artifact creature token. You can pay three mana to tap the animation module to choose a counter on target permanent or player. Give that permanent or player another counter of that kind. So it's kind of like proliferate. So like a really weak proliferate? Yeah, um, this is interesting. It doesn't seem that powerful by itself. It does cost one to put down, so that is notable. Um, so if you have a deck that's all about putting plus one plus one counters on permanence, you can get one one colorless servo artifact creatures all over the place. And yeah, then, there's yeah. probably some decks that want it. It doesn't seem incredibly powerful to me. Yeah, it could be good in an infect deck because you can uh, proliferate their infect essentially. So that's interesting. Yeah, that's true. Um, decoction mob, decoction module. Mm-hmm. All right, two mana for an artifact. Whenever a creature enters the battlefield under your control, you get an energy counter, and you can pay four and tap it. Return target creature you control to its owner's hand. So this is one of those cards you're gonna like because it's a free quote unquote energy generator. Once mm-hmm. it's out, you don't have to do anything but just play creatures, and then you're gonna start making energy. And it can protect your own creatures. I can yeah. see this uh, being played in a Voltron deck or a deck that doesn't want to, you know, lose a creature and pay extra for that, you know, commander tax. They're like, ah, crap! I'll save it by returning it, bouncing it to my hand. Um, but yeah, it's I, I, it, two mana for an artifact that just gives you energy for creatures ETBing is good enough for me. I think at least it does do something else that you might want yeah. to do. Yeah. yeah, and the last one is fabrication module. Uh, we should note that the last, this and the last one we talked about were uncommon, and the first one was a rare. So you can actually play these last two in in uh, limited. Well, you can play the other one too. You just have to, you know, you gotta get it. Get it. Yeah, this one costs three mana for an artifact, so it goes one, two, three. Uh, whenever you get one or more energy counters, put a plus one plus one counter on target creature you control, and you can pay four mana to tap it, and you get an energy counter. So this combines very well with the first one, obviously, because you get an energy. Uh, and then you get to put a plus one plus one counter on the creature, and then when you do, you get to pay one to put a one one colorless servo out, and then when that comes out, the creature you get a, an energy counter from it coming onto the battlefield, and then you just start looping it for as much, if, as long as you have one man to pay, you can cre- keep creating one ones, putting plus one plus one counters on it, and getting an energy and repeating the cycle. Yeah. So once you get all three of these artifacts out, <laughs> you're in that awesome energy engine. Um, <laughs> I mean, this card also does just put 1-1 counters onto creatures. Mm-hmm. So that could be good because you can pay four mana to get an energy counter and then you can sort of turn that energy counter into a 1-1 counter. So yeah. it may be good in like Marchesa's style decks that care about that. Pretty good. Yep. This next one is pretty good. Go ahead. Gear up here, Orrery. It is a four-drop artifact. Each player may play an additional land on each of his or her turns, and at the beginning of each player's upkeep, if that player has no cards in hand, that player draws three cards. Interesting. So it allows you to empty your hand out faster, and as a result, you get to draw extra cards. Yeah, it's pretty good for a couple of reasons. One, Leovold, mm-hmm. that new Leovold deck, which we haven't talked about because we haven't done the set review review for Conspiracy 2 yet, which is extremely powerful. Um, it, Believable basically says that nobody else can draw more than one card, so you just would draw the cards and they wouldn't, so it could be good there. Um, also, just like I said earlier, white and boros and maybe even mono red, they just they need to be able to do these things, and they don't really care if it's symmetrical and that you're giving that effect to the other players because right now the other players can already play cards that do draw them cards and ramp them mm-hmm. and white really just can't so mono white would probably just play this card going like listen you're already ramping and drawing extra cards so if i let you do that one more time but i do get to do it, like 
let's look at percentages. If you draw two cards in a turn and I draw one, mm -hmm. you've drawn twice as many cards as me. Now, if I play Howling Mine, you draw three, I draw two. You haven't drawn twice as many cards as me. You've drawn 50% more cards than me. Right. So I've already lessened that gap just because I'm not doing it at all and you're doing it more. So raising us both actually gets me a little closer percentage-wise to you. So I think you can sort of think of it that way. Yeah, it's a good way to think about it. I did not think about it that way. Now I am. Um, so I think this card is good. Again, Leovold, that deck is brutal. Because yeah. just if you don't know what Leovold's doing is playing Leovold and then doing a bunch of Wheel of Fortune, Windfall type effects where everybody discards their hand and then draws that many cards. But the problem is Leovold stops them from drawing, it, it makes them draw only one card. So now I have seven cards, everybody else has one. Uh, yeah. And because Wheel of Fortune, Winds of Change, those types of cards are so cheap to cast, you can often do that on turn four. Yep. Yeah. Very interactive deck. Lots of fun. <laughs> yeah, Leofold, sorry, doesn't have red, so it doesn't... It doesn't get Wheel of Fortune. It's Windfall. It's Windfall. But yeah. Wheel Effects is what I meant. Um, Next okay. up. Oh, this is my pick for most powerful card in the set for EDH. Yep. This card isn't crazy. It's I agree. Panharmonicon. Is that like Cryptonomicron? Kind of. Pan I just think of Harmonica. Necronomicron? Because I think it's an instrument. I just think of Evil Dead. Ah. Uh, Panharmonicon. 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 No problem. Four mana for an artifact. If an artifact or creature entering the battlefield causes a triggered ability of a permanent you control to trigger, that ability triggers an additional time. Oh, boy. So <laughs> anything I play with an ETB, it just happens twice? Yeah. This card is really pushed. It's, I, it's, it's, it's too good. It's too good. I mean, like... This is good and limited, even if you have a bunch of like fabricator or whatever. But like honestly, this is just straight up. This card is just nuts. The, people have been posting infinite combos already on yep. Reddit. Like, there's so many different things you can do with this. I, we obviously can't go into all of it. But Let's just touch on some cards it would work with. Azuri, mm -hmm. because anytime you play a a small creature, you get two experience counters. Perforos. Anytime you play a creature, everybody takes four damage instead of two. Mm -hmm. Palancron, immediately infinite mana. You don't, you know, Palancron goes infinite with a lot of things, but this is one of them. Mirror Works is a really good one. Mirror Works, it basically, when an artifact enters the battlefield, a non-token artifact enters the battlefield, you can pay two mana and copy, put a token onto mm -hmm. the battlefield that's copied that artifact. Well, let's say you Mirror Works your Panharmonicon. Oh, gosh. And now everything's triggering three times. And that also means mirror works triggers three times. So now every time something comes in, I can pay two twice, to enters the battlefield. Let's say, you know, it's mm -hmm. a, it's a, it's when a non-token artifact. So it's going to, you're going to have to find non-token artifacts that trigger stuff. But at the same time, you could copy that thing six times now because mirror works twice, Pranaronomicon goes off. There's all kinds of crazy mirror works shenanigans. And then just like, I don't know, Gray Merchant. My head already hurts. Yeah, this card's just way, 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 way good. This card is way, 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 way powerful. It's maybe a little too good, um, but there you go. Yep. We're going to be seeing a lot of that card. Yeah, get ready for this card to be played a lot. Yeah. A I'm lot, glad it's not Mythic so that the, the price isn't crazy high, although I guess EDH doesn't really do that. Yep. Next card uh, has one of my votes for also one of the best arts in the set. It's by Noah Bradley. Uh, it's Prophetic Prism. Gets a reprint. Two drop artifact when it enters the battlefield. Draw a card, and you can pay one to tap it to add a mana of any color to your mana pool. So, It's uh, fixing. Fixing, yeah. Not ramp, but it does look a lot like Mirari. It does. The card Mirari, yeah. Yeah. Pretty cool. It's like a crystal Mirari. Yeah, I love that. All, All right. right. Uh, now we're going to move on to lands. 
first of all, we have enemy Fastlands. So these have never existed before. Um, Fastlands are, they have this wording. Such and such land enters the battlefield tapped unless you control two or fewer other lands. So if it's one of you, the first two lands you play, sorry, first three lands you mm-hmm. play, it comes into the battlefield untapped. If it's later than that, it comes into the battlefield tapped. That's why it's called fast lands, because if you get them out fast, they're untapped. Yeah, this card is very, these cards are very important for modern, uh, a lot, like the red blue one, especially, because modern, you're not playing more than like three or four lands in a game, and it's tough to find fixing that isn't, you know, ding you for two life. Yep. So uh, it's great. It, it means that we also, the prices are hopefully lower because of the expedition slash masterpieces in the set. It's more fixing for us as EDH players. It is not the best kind of fixing, though, because. The chances of you drawing this before you get three lands are pretty low. It's at, at a certain point, the life lands better. Yeah, <laughs> I, I think they're still good. They're still playable. Um, but yeah, you're right. I would rather have. I'd rather have the opposite be true, where it comes into the battlefield untapped if you have more lands. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Well, which is weird. Slow but, lands, I yeah. guess. Yeah, but which is weird because in Legacy it's the opposite. But whatever. Yep. And the last land we'll talk about is Inventor's Fair, which is a legendary land. At the beginning of your upkeep, if you control three or more artifacts, you gain a life. You can tap this to add colorless to your mana pool, or you can tap four diamond mana, or you can tap four generic mana to tap it, sacrifice Inventor's Fair, search your library for an artifact card, reveal it, put it into your hand, then shuffle your library. You can only activate this ability if you control three or more artifacts. So it's an artifact tutor. Yeah, it's uh, Metalcraft. That rewards you for having artifacts. Yeah. Metalcraft tutor for an artifact for four mana and sacrificing land. Yeah, pretty cool. Pretty cool. Oh, boy. All right, so that's all the cards we're going to talk about from the set. Again, the whole entire thing has not been spoiled, so there's a few we probably missed. Please tweet at us and let us know which ones we should have talked about but didn't. We also wanted to talk a little bit here about energy and energy counters because we were having this discussion before we started recording, which is do you think we've got enough energy cards to have it matter in EDH yet? Yeah, it's interesting. Um, notably, there are a lot of cards that really care about energy. Like there is a white card called Ether Storm Rock that gives yeah. you uh, it and other creatures give you energy counters when they enter the battlefield or when they attack. Yeah, Architect of the Untamed you talk about gives you energy when you get lands into play. Era of Innovation is this one in the blue enchantment. It's a Korean translation. We don't know if that's the final name. Whenever an artifact or a creature enters the battlefield under your control, you get two energy counters and you can sack it for six energy to draw three cards. So it it seems like they want to start slowly pushing this, but it could be one of those things where it's like, hey, remember investigating in Shadows of Rinnestrad? It's only going to be in one set, or it's only going to be in two sets. You know, like it's not going to be that. It's a parasitic uh, mechanic, right? Where it's like very good chance that it's like here and nowhere else ever. Yeah, I would love to see this in other places because I love the idea of having another uh, mana resource, essentially. Because I feel like it's it's similar in cheating out abilities and that you can use energy to pay for something for quote unquote for free because you're not tapping lands to do it. It's just something you've been accumulating over time. So I'm interested to see if it works right now. I'm brewing a new Rafik deck that uses energy to uh, be a very effective Voltroni deck that isn't trying to just one shot someone with Rafik because that's boring, but rather use the energy to make a lot of um, sort of pesky creatures that all are using the energy to make themselves bigger. Maybe it's in effect, who knows? Um, But I would like to see if I could abuse energy in a way that everyone goes, whoa, oh my gosh, you're doing all this stuff with only five lands in play or whatever. Yeah, and don't forget that energy counters, you can proliferate them. Mm -hmm. So we do have an additional way to interact with energy counters that like standard doesn't have. And we were talking about this earlier. I think that also makes it so that like 
you want a general that cares about proliferating. So maybe like a Zuri is a good one. And you were talking about Infect already. Because mm -hmm. Infect also works with proliferate so well. So that all of a sudden now I've got a Zuri, energy counters, and proliferate. And they all work together. I think that could be really good. Um, because if I get a proliferate out in another deck and I don't have my energy thing out, then proliferate's not doing anything. I want it to still work. And if it works with my general, like Azuri, yeah. then all of a sudden proliferate's still good even in that situation. And then it's just even better when I have energy counters or poison counters on them. Uh -huh. Yeah, it'll be interesting. Uh, please let us know if you guys are brewing anything with energy or if you've been like, hey guys, there's this nutty combo that you can do that you haven't thought about. So, to well, the leads, listeners. That leads right into our to the listeners yeah. question because what are the cards you're most excited about from Kaladesh and for which of your decks? So if you have some nutty energy counter combo, we want to hear about it here. You can tweet at us at CommandCast or leave a comment in the comments section on YouTube. Um, yeah, we want to hear what cards you're excited about, what decks they're going in, what combos you've got, anything sweet. Very cool. All right, let's uh, give another shout out now to our sponsored Card Kingdom. They're actually announcing a brand new feature slash app that is coming out soon for all uh, iOS's OS's called Scryglass. It's a scanning app that's currently only for Android. It uses the phone's camera to scan, recognize an inventory and price cards for magic. So if you have a large collection, you want to start typing it in, you can use this app to sort of scan each card and put it into an online or an app database. Um, Card Kingdom is partnering with Han Clinto Games. They hope to be out of beta by the time Kaladesh comes out with an iOS app that's going to come up uh, very shortly as well for all of us iPhone users. Yeah, it makes it super easy to buy list your cards with Card Kingdom because you mm -hmm. just aim the camera at them and it just automatically lists it and then boom, you just send it off. There's a video Card Kingdom's released just sort of showcasing this. You're probably watching it right now if you're watching the YouTube video. It's going to be, uh, we'll link that in the show notes. But remember, when you go to cardkingdom.com, still use the affiliate link. So it's cardkingdom.com slash command zone so that they know we're the ones that sent you. And also, they're again, they're giving away all 30 of the Kaladesh Masterpiece Inventions. So make sure you go to cardkingdom.com slash command zone to check out how to enter that giveaway. Yeah, I think you enter by ordering a booster box. I'm not 100% sure. They've got more info on the page. But like, if you're going to order a booster box anyway, you might as well try to win all 30 masterpieces. Yeah, why not? All right, now it's time for the end step where we talk about something cool outside the world of magic. So, Josh. I've got one. <laughs> Thank goodness. Hang on, I thought of it on the driver. Oh, yeah. So, if you were a fan of the Serial podcasts, which, I mean the first season of Serial because the second season was not good, there was this whole, if, you're, if you listened to it or if you didn't, it followed the case and trial and subsequent maybe mismanagement of the investigation, a bunch of other mm -hmm. stuff of a guy named Adnan Syed and the murder of a girl named Heyman Lee, and it took place in Baltimore. And a couple of things have happened. One is that Adnan got the court case overturned. I don't know the exact wording of it, but basically there's going to be an appeals process by the state and everything. But as of this moment, a judge has ruled that he had ineffective assistance of counsel. And oh, basically wow. the podcast got this guy like a new trial is probably what's going to happen here. So that's that's really exciting and, and kind of crazy that a podcast did that. That um, is nuts. Yeah. So it, the other thing that happened is that really Serial's not the one that got that done. They started the ball rolling. They were the first domino. But what happened is because of Serial, another podcast started up called Undisclosed, and this was a bunch of lawyers 
who actually like went deep on the case and found some new evidence and some new things. And that stuff led to this whole thing where he's getting a new trial. So Undisclosed just started their second season and they took on a new case. And there's a new story that they're investigating that took place in, I think, Rome, Georgia. And it's another possible innocent person who's been in prison for 16 years. And so if you look up the Undisclosed podcast on iTunes, it they're not as Serial was produced by um, professionals uh, at NPR. I think it's the same people that do like This American Life, and mm-hmm. and these undisputed, uh, sorry, undis- I want to say undisputed, but it's undisclosed. People are like not necessarily they they are still cutting their teeth on making podcasts. They're not as refined. It takes them a little while, but if you give it a couple ex- episodes, it actually gets really interesting. I'm not finished with it yet, but I sort of like. Yeah, the first two episodes, I was like, uh-oh. And then by the third, fourth, I was like, okay, I'm into it. So Undisclosed Podcast, if you liked Serial, you may not have kept following it, but they're doing a similar thing with a new case now, and it's pretty interesting. I would say definitely check it out. That's cool. I love that humans have been able to affect the world in such a grand way through a podcast. Yeah. Like, pretty, that's crazy. They amazing. changed this kid's life. I mean, you're not a kid anymore. He's been in prison for like 18 years, but yeah. They changed this young adult's life. <laughs> that's really, really neat. Yeah. All right. Well, that about wraps it up for our Kaladesh set review. Oof, these ones are always tough on us. I think we went. We managed to go pretty fast this time. Yeah, I'm I proud think of we, us. about an hour thirty to hour forty, which is pretty good. Um, and of course, there, we're going to be talking about a lot of these cards in the future. I can I can sense Panharmonicon coming up again in the future. Uh, and that uh, what's the what's the deal? Fifty damage if you've got fifty life. That card doesn't Ether exist. Flux Reservoir. Talk, that card doesn't exist. Where you that's about. a grown. That's going to be a groaner. People are going to be complaining about that one for a while. Yeah. Um, Make sure you check out our sister podcast, The Masters of Modern. You notice how I just didn't have a segue. I just went. Perfect. Yeah. Segway, man. It's just good radio. Um, <laughs> they just had their 100th episode. They Yay. counted down the top 100 cards in modern took them History. like six hours or it something. Took like, yeah, they did it on stream, and they have Oof. released it. It's on YouTube. Uh, you can find them on Twitter at the MMCast, Alex and Ben. They talk about modern and all things competitive magic. Definitely check them out. And our editor for the show is Terry Robertson, who Ooh, does Terry. all of the video content for our episodes. You really want to make sure you watch those for an episode like this because the card is up for as long as we're talking about it. You don't need to think about and remember what the card says from the first time we say it. I know that's a really tough part to listen to these sort of set reviews. Plus all the cards we mentioned in Junction with it pop up. Terry's yeah. really good. So make sure you check that out. You can go to youtube.com slash the command zone podcast to find all of our episodes in video form. That's right, every single one. So you can check out the back catalog as well. And of course, special thanks to Jeffrey Palmer, who does the living card animations that start off the show with the awesome soul ring. You can find him at Living Cards MTG. Maybe we'll uh, commission him to do a couple new ones with all these masterwork arts. Soul ring, soul ring, soul ring, soul ring, soul ring. All right, everybody. Thanks for listening. <laughs> and we will catch you next time. Peace. For further inquiries, send an email to commandcast at rocketjump.com or ask us on Twitter at JF Wong and at Josh Lee Kwai. See you later, alligator. Greetings, humans. (laughs) Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs done well. I absolutely love this because you know if you own a home, It can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, 
Whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now, all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.